Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Here's a deep shot. He's got Tyler Scott, and he's into open space. First throw of the year for Desmond Ritter. Touchdown, Bearcats. In a rhythm, going to take a shot towards the end zone. Under the top of the Bearcat Blitz coming at you following a fifth consecutive loss for the UC football program, their longest losing streak since 2017. And if they fall at night to the Oklahoma State Sooners this coming Saturday, it will be the longest losing streak this century for the program. Welcome in, everybody. Thank you for sticking with us during this tough time for the UC Bearcats transition year, transition coaching staff, transition roster. And it's brought them to a fifth straight loss as you're checking into Bearcat Blitz on whatever podcast feed, whatever medium you're checking us out on. Thank you so much. Whether it's Apple, Spotify, Google, all those great places, please subscribe, rate, and review there. You can subscribe as well to Talking Cats with Russ Heltman, my YouTube page, where every single episode is located. And also check us out on Valley Sports Ohio across each and every game week, usually closer to kickoff towards the back half of the week when we are on Valley Sports Ohio. Dom, welcome in my co-host now, Dominic Goodman. Good to see you, my man. Another tough loss for the Bearcats. Real quick thought from you, and then I'll dive into our great read from the presenting sponsor, Bet Online. Um, all I can say is I've seen the fight. I mean, they all I asked for is the fight, and they fought. They fought and scrapped and got themselves in a situation to p- p- possibly win the game. You know, I, I still question the pa- the no pass interference call at the end uh, with um, with my. Uh, uh, with uh, oh, damn, he gonna he gonna be mad at me. Uh, I was on Shaman. Yeah, Shaman, Shaman. <laughs> Should have been a pass interference call on uh, call, but they didn't they didn't call it. But I feel like if that would have been a call, we would have had a chance to march it down, kick a field goal, tie it up, or possibly uh, win the game. You know, but they had opportunities. All I asked for them to fight and scrap, and that's what they did. 32-29 loss for the Bearcats. We'll dive into it fully after a message from Bet Online right here. It's a Texas showdown in the postseason, and Bet Online is your number one source for all your baseball wagering info with up-to-minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals for the NFL and college football at your fingertips with Bet Online's real-time updates on statistics, news, and odds. We have everything you need to stay up to speed on each LCS all the way through the World Series. Big, big win for the Texas Rangers on uh, on the, the closing aspect of things on Sunday night. They did a good job tying up that LCS and sending it to that pen- final Game 7 action before the World Series in just a few days' time. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Don't forget to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. 
32-29, where to start here, Dom? I think you got to look at the fact that, once again, UC was left in a scenario where, I think this is the third time this season, Dom, that you could point at one, two, maybe three plays, maybe three decisions, whether it be a fumble by Emory Jones on the fourth down attempt on the opening drive of the game, where if they kick a field goal, you are tied in the late moments of the game. Hindsight 2020, the game doesn't obviously play out exactly that way, but you would love to have that decision back if you're Emory Jones, and you would probably like to have that decision back if you're Scott Satterfield, trusting your quarterback to make a play there. He fumbles the football. UC gives it up on the opening drive and gets no points out of a strong, strong opening sequence. And then just once again, Dom, the 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 offensive line was solid today in that game. They were solid. They weren't great, but they were solid. You, Whenever you rush for over 280 yards and you have multiple running backs go over 100 yards in the game, you're going to end up playing pretty well. And I would say the best run of the day, I would lean more towards Miles Montgomery making that happen than the offensive line blocking. When you think about that, um, I mean, the best play maybe of the season for this team, Dom, was that Miles Montgomery spin move in the backfield. He breaks away down the right sideline for a 38-yard touchdown. And, uh, and that kind of keeps the Bearcats offense cooking. But really, I mean, they did climb back a bit late in the game. But, Dom, like, you cannot be down 23-14 to 14 at home as a favorite going into the fourth quarter against a team like the Baylor Bears. They are not a good football team. The defense is not good. You and I highlighted how terrible the run defense was, and they made that look really bad once again. They went over 100 yards past the Bear, Bear, Baylor Bears season total allowed on the ground. It just was, once again, untimely mistakes from the Bearcats. Do them in some questionable coaching decisions in this game where I haven't called out the coaching much at all over the first first six games of the year first five games of the year but on saturday it there was there was massive problems there was massive problems some of the decision making i did not agree with at all in terms of not the play calls because you can't ever know what the sequencing of the play is it's hard for me to criticize play calling in general but the decision making to go for it on certain fourth downs not go for it on other fourth downs and just the lack of execution on those crucial key downs dom ultimately did the bearcats in and then on the flip side, when you look at the defensive side of the ball, I, I feel like one of these record machines at the station I'm at right now just playing a broken track, broken sound, minute after minute after minute. And I didn't get the ask to ask the exact phrased question I wanted to ask Scott after the game of this secondary. What do you do? Like, why? how are you not defining insanity at this point, rolling out Justin Harris and Jordan Young as the top two cornerbacks in the game? Let's go through it once again, Dom. Let's see what the uh, what that duo produced in their action on Saturday. It was abysmal, to say the least. When you look at the fact that they gave up, Justin Harris and Jordan Young, nine catches on 18 attempts for 100, or excuse me, 200 yards, 190 yards passing, and a 120 NFL quarterback rating and a touchdown. I mean, I don't know how you can continue to roll these guys out there and keep saying that they're your best option. And Seattle Satterfield, and I'll give the floor to you, Dom, because I've been talking a lot here, but (laughs) after the game, those are the best options we have right now. We have to keep playing those guys. I I don't know why you have to keep playing them. Why do they have to keep getting played? (laughs) No one else on the back end of the roster is even getting an opportunity. I mean, 
be at this point for me. Roll somebody else out there and see if they give up less than 120 quarterback rating. Because you know what, Dom? You can't give up much higher than that on 18 passes. Like, good lord. The floor is Oh, man. I, I understand that frustration, man. It was like they was – their game plan was like, look, we're just going to throw 50-50 balls up unless – this, like the kids say at recess, we're going to play a game called catch up where they just throw the ball in there. Everybody just go up for it. Whoever gets it, gets the jackpot. You get what, what I'm did saying? you say last week? They're fish on the line. It was, a perfect, it was a perfect phrase right there. Fish on the line. And Satterfield said that after the game. He's like, yeah, that's just a, a tendency we have right now. Teams know they can throw it deep on us. They know they can attack us there. And that's definitive. Like Jordan Young's been targeted 25 times in the past three games. 25 targets. You know what teams aren't doing in the NFL? You know what teams didn't do in in the AAC when Sauce Gardner was around? They didn't target him 25 times all season, let alone three games. Teams know that this is exactly how you can kill the Bearcats defense. The Bearcats defense, to be honest, uh, like they know themselves, the personnel knows, especially up front, that they have to play lights out, get to the quarterback in one and a half second type of football to have any hope here. Because once again, Dom, the team had, 14 pressures against Iowa State, two sacks. That was their second highest pressure tally of the season. They eclipsed that in this one. 17 pressures against a bad Baylor at the offensive line. Two sacks. Two sacks. Because they can't get there fast enough. It's hard for any human being to get there fast enough when you're getting the ball out as quickly as the Baylor Bears and opponents are getting it out. And you're just not covering snap to snap, down to down, well enough down the field. And then when you think about the flip side, Dom, it's just it's 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 a broken record on the flip side with the passing attack for UC. 92 passing yards going into the fourth quarter. 92. 92 passing yards. Like Emory Jones was once again below 55% on passes of 5 plus yards. I just I, I'm at a loss, man. I I just don't know how we can continue to reframe some of the same issues that continue plaguing this team week after week. And we'll get into it in the back half of the show here, but at what point are you going to start to see if some different results can be had from different players? That's my biggest question here, especially when you think about a 8 p.m. kickoff at T. Boone Pickett Stadium of going up against Ollie Gordon, the third or the second. I don't know. He's taken home three three tacklers with him every single time he touches the ball down because he's had over 200 yards rushing in each of the past two games. He had 160 yards rushing in the fourth quarter on Saturday. I mean – it's an absolute buzzsaw they're going into against the Oklahoma State team. That's one three in a row and uh, leaving a Baylor matchup that was their best opportunity to get a win for the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, I mean right now at this, at this point, Emory Jones is what he is. He's, he's, he's what he is. I mean, we can't. And, and, that, and Dom, he had the highest passing grade by PFF in that game that he's had since the Eastern Kentucky game. And it, it was a 72.3 or something like that. And it still it didn't really feel any different. It did not feel any different. He was just as accurate as he's been all season. And he also turned the ball over. And when Embry turns the ball over, it, it's it's very difficult for this team to win football games. So when we look at this team overall, the biggest reason you see lost, it, it was the passing attack on both sides of the football. Like the fact that you had 92 yards passing going into the fourth quarter. You were clearly leaning on the rushing attack. You had over 64% of your plays called going into the fourth quarter were runs. And you still couldn't figure out a way to get the offense going at that point in the game, down 23 to 14. What does, does this team need to do to, to change things around? What do they need to find? 
And I didn't even talk about the special teams, Dom, which is another Kerry Coombs-led unit, which gave up another two returns of 50-plus yards. or it might have, One of them might have been 48 or 46, but of 40-plus yards. Four returns in the past two weeks of 40-plus yards. Just putting your defense in a terrible, terrible field position. And there's only one kind of culminating factor in both of those things when you think about the past defense issues and the special teams issues. It's Kerry Coombs. His units have been a direct liability for this program this season and a unit on special teams that I don't think there's as much of an excuse, Dom, for that unit to be playing this poorly, considering you have an all-American caliber punter, a strong top 30, top 40 kicker in Carter Brown. He's played very well this year. I mean, they're getting good production from those guys, and they still entered last week's game, Dom, with the eighth worst pro football focus special teams grade in the country. And I haven't checked. I haven't checked. I might have to check while you're talking right here. But they they played like the worst special teams unit in the nation last week and the week before. It's it's not excusable. There is no excuse for UC special teams to be this bad, given how much turnover you have on those rosters every year, regardless of staff change, and how the same man directing that unit that was strong over the past couple of years in Gary Coombs has completely let it fall off this year. I, I don't know where else to point except to Harry Coombs and the way he is coaching his units. It's not been good enough. They are the exact direct liabilities, direct anchors on this team right now. Man, this hurts, man. It hurts. I know it does. It hurts you, Dom. As the Coleraine guy, I know it hurts, you know, man. Oh just, we got to call a spade a spade. Those <sighs> units have been disasters in 2020. Yeah, I, my thing is, you know, especially with the DB wise, like all you can say with that situation, he he got he coached great DBs in the past at Old State. Right. Even when I was at UC, we had uh, the top DBs in the country during that time with Mike Mickens, Daniel Smith, and DJ Underwood. Um, and then also he coached Rookie Nakamura from UC. Like he coached a lot of guys that went to the NFL and played. So it's not on his coach. And it goes to that point of executing. Like okay. the ball is in the air. You can't, at, at this level, you got to be able to play the ball. Like you got to be able to. to Get a pass in the fair zone so they're not getting a 40-yard bomb or something. That's just that's and just to that point. That catch that Justin Harris was neck and neck with I forget the receiver's name, but Blake Shapin, horrible ball. I mean, it was a horrible football. He underthrew the guy by 10 yards. The guy has to come back to the ball and ends up being a brutally unlucky play for Justin Harris, who makes a PBU, breaks up the pass, but the ball smacks off the dude's chest plate and falls right into his hands. And you get a 40-yard play because of that. And, it, and that's, that's and that's why I framed the question that way. And that's why we have Dom here to give us that context. I, I and I understand that. And so I, I can kind of agree with you where this one bad year by Kerry Coombs, I don't think is indicative of a coaching fall off from, from his teaching ability, I would say. It probably has more to do with the turnover. It probably has more to do with just is it just bad luck? Is it just bad bounces of the ball? Is it just that that margin for error? going against a UC team that already doesn't have enough talent to overcome those issues like they may have shown in the past years, but we're playing an AAC schedule with AAC talent and with, with AAC coaching staffs versus a, like we've mentioned all year long, a giant step up in competition, which has been not as big a step up in competition or else I think UC would be maybe, I mean, they're already are winless in the big 12, so it wouldn't have changed their non-conference schedule, but I'm kind of rambling a little bit here. The fact, what I'm trying to say is the fact that UC has 
taking this big of step up in competition, it just doesn't let you make those chess plate errors. It doesn't let you make those little bounces of the ball that don't go your way. You need those to go your way and you have to execute at the same time while getting a little bit of luck. The bounces and the luck are not going their way while the the strategy might still be pretty sound from the staff. Is that kind of the feeling, Dom? It's kind of like 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 it's like like we talked about last week. Um, it's just they missing every time it's something. It's just that one thing, or just slightly I missed this step, so now the pass over my head, or I messed up on this time and it's right. I held it too long, or I made the wrong step. It's just little things every time, and it's like it's gonna take for them to get a, a complete game. Like, like it just got to be a complete game one time. It, it's going to happen, number-wise. It's, it's bound to happen. But right now, they're just saying that. You would think. Yeah, I would think. But it, it, at some point, it's going to happen. Because even with um, my high school team, for example, you know, uh, we wasn't scoring for a minute because we couldn't figure it out. Uh, once we figured it out, offense got it together, defense got it together. We started putting up points. Guys making plays, guys executing. And it's just one of those things with them, what they missing, where it's just – and it kind of like when you had it with transfers playing and bringing them in, it's kind of like we talked about as well, is that transition and gelling and learning that system. is just like I'm ready to play – I'm ready to play college football, but I got to understand a new verbiage, a new system, a new style, a locker room different. And you learn this right away. So at the same time, it's one of the things I feel like if you give this team this exact same team and just 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 thinking of just make believe, whatever, if everybody just stayed and whatever, and they play next year, I think they'd be better. Uh, I think they'd be a better record because their record doesn't show what they're capable of doing. And mm-hmm. I believe that it's just the lack of execution and just the simple fact of not being able to play together, you know what I'm saying? So, and that's what you got out of um, the Desmond Redder here when they went to the um, went to the Peach Bowl. I mean, went to the Sugar Bowl and then went to national, played the national championship game. That was a team that played together for a while. So I'm just thinking that's the type of situation they're in right now. Approaching a sixth straight loss, the program is would be the longest losing streak since the Rick Minter era. Back in 1998 is the last time this program has lost six games in a row. And before we get the break here, we'll, we'll do this coming off a break, but the the youth movement, is there even a chance for a youth movement? Apparently for Scott Satterfield, there is not at the cornerback position because they have to play, quote unquote, those guys at those spots. We'll discuss that coming off the break as UC enters a, another contest in the Big 12 as underdogs, seven-point road underdogs they opened up as against the Oklahoma State Cowboys. And a loss on Saturday would mean they would have to go 4-0 to close the season if they want to maintain bowl eligibility, sitting at 2-5 on the 2023 campaign so far. Dominic Goodman and I will be back after this quick message on Bearcat Blitz. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. 
we went long. We were just spouting off takes in that opening segment. It's just, I, I, I don't know how many times I can I can paint the same picture after a loss. It's just, it's crazy. Now against Iowa State, that was a little bit different because they got their doors absolutely blown off of them. That was just a beat. That was just a beating by Iowa State, and namely because of that defense. But really, I, it, it felt a little similar three three quarters into Saturday when you're down twenty three to fourteen and have put up just 14 points against one of the 10 worst defenses in the country. It's just, it's crazy, 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 crazy. The Bearcats with one of the 10 easiest power conference schedules in the country so far this season going into the year, they are two and five on the campaign. Dom, is it time for a youth movement? Would you make that call this week? Would you start getting Brady Drogosh ready? So Brady, Hey, you're going to practice this week like a starter. We're still going to start Emory Jones, but we're going to start to roll you out there over the final few weeks of the season, final month of the season to see what you can do. Or would you keep clinging on to the hopes of getting the six wins and try to go pull a road upset at Oklahoma State? Where would you lean in this current scenario with the roster at the moment with uh, with UC heading to Oklahoma State? Oh shoot! You gotta continue trying to win this game. I mean, you uh, you probably give the young bucks some a little bit more reps, but um, but at the same time, you just gotta get ready for win this game. I mean, you gotta because, like you said, you gotta go four and zero. So win, lose, okay, we lose this one. All right, now we need to start thinking about the youth movement. Like you said, even don't got nobody at DB. What's the worst they can get? You get what I mean? And like, what else you playing for at this point? You're playing for pride if you don't make it to a bowl game. I've been in that situation before, and that's a situation where it's a lot of guys is ready to go home. Guys are ready to go back home. Guys is ready to call it a quiz. Guys are ready for the banquet. And, and, and that's a moment where you do got to, okay, youngest, I know you're going to be out of the fight. You're going to have still have to fight. So I just feel like it's a situation where you give it one more week, see how it goes, and then you might have to start thinking about playing them youngins. You see, going up against Oklahoma State, to me, I, I think I'm with you, Dom. I think you, you, you push everything, all the chips, into trying to get a win this weekend. And then when you think about the rest of the schedule, you're home against UCF. They're also 0-4 in the Big 12. They're not necessarily a team that you're super scared of compared to the last uh, few years playing them in the AAC. You're at Houston, you're at West Virginia, and you're home against Kansas a slate over the final five games that ESPN's football power index now gives UC just a 13% chance of amassing six wins total against for the entire campaign. I still think you go for it this week, one more chance. And then if you get the same thing again, if you get blasted secondary, blasted outside corners, blasted safeties, the safeties were not very good in coverage and I'm kind of skirted on this podcast a little bit over the past a few weeks. The only guy who played well on Saturday in the secondary was Deshaun Pace. And even Deshaun Pace still gave up a decent amount of uh, uh, of passes when you think about nine nine targets for Pace, six catches, 51 yards allowed. Not too bad, though. That's not We're not talking 19 yards per catch or anything out here. So a decent day for Deshaun. Outside of him, like, like nobody has played well enough to maintain their firm control on their starting spot in the secondary. That's just a fact. Like they have one of the worst secondaries in the country. I told you last week, second worst coverage gate grade in the nation behind UTSA. It might be worse than UTSA now because <laughs> Roadrunners had a nice game in week six and may have played well enough in week seven to pull that off with a victory over FAU. So it's just, it, 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 
it's entering insane territory, and it will be insane if they do not make any changes with the starting lineup across the board on this roster If with a loss to Oklahoma State. You fall to two and six, you're not winning out. Like, let's be honest. You're not winning out. You're not going 4-0 and down the stretch. You're not beating Kansas and Houston on the – you're not beating Kansas at home, I don't think, regardless, and you're not beating Houston on the road, especially with, with how strong they've looked and what they did when we're able to do against Texas this past weekend. So I, I'm with you, Dom. I think you roll it out one more time and see if you can get it done and see if you can keep that six win hope alive. But after that, it's, it's time to start seeing who needs to be on this roster through the transfer portal period, who needs to be on this roster next year, who needs to be a part of this growing rebuild through the Scott Satterfield era, because on top of players, not playing well enough to keep their roles, Dom, these are a lot of players that are, Final year in the college ranks transfers. Final year at the college level, just going for one last shot. Let's latch on to UC, see if we can make something happen there. There is no definitive reason why those players should keep playing for the future growth and future health of the program. Seven-point underdogs against Oklahoma State should be a very interesting game. You see a 34% chance to win that contest. And the line's already moved towards Oklahoma State. It has gone above the key number seven hook, and it's now seven and a half points in of the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Closing up here on Bearcat Blitz, Dom, simple question. Will Cincinnati win another game this season, or will they end the year on a 10-game losing streak? Oh, man. I'm gonna say they're gonna win another game. Um, I, I'm not gonna. I can't tell you uh, which game because, like I said, at this point, it's just just gotta watch. I mean, they still got fight left in them. They still fighting to the end. That's all you can ask for. Just see what happens. Um, and I know just being being a Bearcat, playing playing for UC, uh, playing for the fans, playing for the school, and the atmosphere of Cincinnati football. Um, it it it. it you putting your all out there, you know. I'm. I know the kids is working hard. They doing what they got to do, studying film. Coaches doing what they got to do up all night. Um, so it ain't a situation where these guys is not like they don't care. Right, they fighting. So at some point, it's gonna come together. Like I said, and I feel like they are gonna win a game. And I think once it happens, I think it start getting them, get them, get them going. We talked a couple weeks ago how UC was favored in four of the final six games by ESPN's Football Power Index. It appears now that they are only favored in one remaining game by that Football Power Index following these brutal, brutal losses over the past couple weeks. A 51.5% favorite against Kansas. I've tried to stay optimistic, Tom. I think maybe one win. I could see one more win this season this outfit one more victory i would be surprised at this point if they finished above three wins on the season just given the schedule given how little the execution has grown over the past six seven weeks it's been the same problems consistently and they are not getting fixed it would be insane for me to think that this point in the timeline that they're going to end up fixing those we'll see if they can thank you all so much for sticking with us and uh cruising with us on bearcat blitz over this tough tough losing streak we'll see if the bearcats can pull a major upset at night on the road at oklahoma state breaking down that full game on the late 
week show, the Thursday show. We'll be coming back at you on Bearcat Blitz, presented by Bet Online. You're listening to the Believe Network. For Dominic Goodman, I'm Russ Heltman, signing off. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.